You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C.org. Now for this week's message. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well. As always, I appreciate you joining us. If you're new to us, my name's Dan Tony. I'm the minister at Fur Road Christian Church. Uh, we're in a quick two-week series called Four. Uh, last week, our, our main idea was that God is for us, and God is on our side. He's not against us. Our key verse was Romans 8, 31. Second part of it says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? And, and that should be a huge encouragement to all of us, just knowing that that God is for us. He, he is not out to get us, and, and even when everything else in life seems to to be against us, we can know for sure that God is for us because it's a promise right there in Scripture. So that's the foundation. God is for us. And that's leading us to our question today, what do we want to be known for ourselves? You know, that's the title of the message. What do we want to be known for? You know, if you if you mention different names of a lot of different famous people, they're immediately known for something. Uh, in fact, there are some people that you just say one name and you know them. You know, for example, Oprah, okay, you hear everybody knows Oprah, and she's known as a a talk show host, probably known for giving away free stuff, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, or whatever it might be, Uh, so there's Oprah. There's Tiger, everybody knows Tiger, known for for being the great golfer, Um, maybe some not so good things later in his career. LeBron, of course, known as a a great basketball player, Uh, somebody like Dolly. Everybody knows Dolly. She's a country singer and really is known for doing a lot of good things as well. Uh, Hitler on the other side, uh, you know, known for terrible things, known for killing millions of Jews. Uh, somebody like Beyonce, known as, uh, you know, a singer. Um, there are actually quite a few singers that, that are known by one name, if you think about it. Uh, Mother Teresa, uh, you know, is known for her compassion to the poor on the streets of India. Picasso is the name you you say it. People know. Oh, Picasso, you know, famous artist. Uh, Monte is known by almost nobody, uh, unless you're an Iowa State fan. He's Monte Morris, professional basketball player. Uh, plays now for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, your youth minister Jordan uh, knows him now because he's a Nuggets fan. Uh, but Iowa State fans simply refer to him as Monte. So there you go. Now you know Monte. You learned something today, right? Uh, so what would people say about you? How would they describe you? What would you be known for? Okay, we want to look at that today. Uh, what do we want to be known uh, for as followers of Christ? Okay, what do we want to be known for as a, a body of believers? And as we think about that, I, I think the first and, and most obvious answer to that question is that we, we want to be known for our love of Jesus, you know, our overall, our overall mission as a church is loving God and loving people. And so we want to be known, first of all, for our love of God. And, and because of our love of God, we want to do our part in making Jesus famous. Okay, but not just to people who already know him. Okay, we want to make Jesus famous to the world, famous for his love of the world. We want people to know the, the real Jesus of the, of the Bible, not a distorted view of Jesus. We want people to know that Jesus is for them. We want them to know that he is on their side. That seems obvious, but here's the problem. Many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. 
it's a sobering statement and sobering to think about because that means that the church, which should have the, the most welcoming, inviting message that the world has ever seen, uh, a message of everybody's welcome, uh, everybody's invited to be a part of, of this special thing, the, the kingdom of God, and, and yet what we have become known for more is what we're against than, than what we're for. So how did this happen? How do we get there? I mean, we have Jesus as the star of the show. How is this possible? Well, here's what I think often happens. The average person, if, if they think that the, the church is known more for what it's against rather than what it's for, they think, well, the church must be against me as well, and, and so Jesus must be against me too because I've messed up a lot. I'm not that, that good of a person. I've felt judged at times by Christians, and, and they keep their distance, and they just shut things down spiritually. And I focused on the fact last week that Jesus wasn't against them. He's for them, but they don't know that. Okay, so we need to be intentional about helping them know that, right? Because I think that when they don't know that God is for them, it breaks God's heart. And if it breaks the heart of God, it should break our hearts too, because God would like for all people to come to know him. So we want our community to know that God is for them. We want our students to know that God is for them. We want our businesses to know that God is for them. We want our, our teachers to know that God is for them. We want our police force to know that God is for them. We want our families to know that God is for them. We want everyone to know that God is for them. We want Jesus to be famous for his love. Let me ask you something. What, what if sometime down the road we decided to, to close the doors at Fur Road? Okay, It hurts my heart to even think about it. But if we ever decided to close down for a road, the, the goal should be that the community would be upset and, and sad. My hope would be that the community would say, you can't close down because if you close down, uh, the community will suffer. There will be a huge void in our community. And, and so we want to be known for being a blessing to the community. And, and I think we're well on our way to that. In fact, we recently we received a check in the mail from somebody that, that doesn't go to our church, and it said, thank you so much for the good work that this church does in the community. Please use this to help those in need in the area. I love that. But today we get the privilege of learning about what we should be for from probably the most famous verse in all the Bible, definitely the most well-known, and would you believe it starts out with the same word as the title of the series, for. Okay, it's John 3.16. And keep in mind as we work our way through this verse that Jesus is the one doing the talking here. Okay, he's talking about himself, so it's right from the main source of information. Let's work our way through it. It starts off with, for God so loved. Okay, now, when you think about this, it's a little confusing. How can this be the most well-known, famous, popular, most often quoted verse in the Bible, and many people don't view God as a God who is for love? Okay, it shouldn't be that way, right? A really important word here that, that's easy to miss is the word so. For God so loved the world. Okay, so means most certainly. Just adds emphasis. For God most certainly loved the world. He, he had so much love for the world. It doesn't just say for God loved the world. It, it says for God so loved the world. Do you see the difference? It was an extraordinary kind of love. If somebody asks you, uh, what do you so love? You know, what would it be? You know, what would your book say or your verse if it was written about you? You know, what would pictures would be there? 
You know, personally, I, w- I would have a picture of Jesus. I don't know exactly. Like I, I so love Jesus, but I do. Um, it would include pictures of, of Holly. Uh, I so love my wife. Okay, this is my, my beautiful bride of uh, 28 years. Uh, she's amazing. You know, I definitely married up uh, when I got married. Um, I think that's the right number. I'll be in trouble if it's not 20 years. I'm pretty sure it's 28 years. Uh, it would include pictures of my kids. I, I so love my kids. You know, Caleb and Olivia, Olivia, they are amazing kids. This is a picture of them skiing recently. They, they went on a trip to Colorado. Both doing well. So proud of them. Caleb's an engineer at John Deere in Iowa. Olivia's an ICU nurse in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, definitely got their smarts from their mom. Uh, but I so love my kids. Obviously, my, my book would say I, I so love sports. Um, I know you've, you've never figured this out because I never talk about sports or, or use sports illustrations, but, uh, but I actually do kind of like sports. Um, my book would say I so love fishing. Okay, when, when I go fishing, I often take a, a selfie like this one, and, and I show Holly, and, and she says, Dan, I've seen that picture a hundred times. <laughs> and it's true, if you, if you go through my phone, I have a lot of pictures like this one, uh, look pretty similar. Um, but my book would say, you know, for, for Dan, so love these things. These are some of the key things. But Jesus says, for God so loved the world. Okay? God most certainly, no doubt about it, loves all the world. Not just a few people, but, but everyone. You know, how do we know that? Let's keep working through the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, he gave. Gave is the, the key word here. He wanted to show us how much he loved us. He didn't just say it. He showed us. And, and you can always tell how much a person loves someone by how much they are willing to give up for that person. Okay, so what did he give the world? Because he loved it so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his one and only son. Just think about that. Think about that kind of love. It's an incredible sacrifice. If you ever have doubts about whether or not God loves you, look no further than right here. He gave his son. That's how much he loves you. But when you think about the fact that this is the most important verse in the Bible, it makes you wonder, how, how is it possible that people know more about what we are against than what we are for when this is the foundation? Okay, here's the full verse. Uh, If you want to, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Guys, this is without a doubt the greatest message the world has ever heard and will ever hear. So because God is for us, and did this for us, if we believe in him and follow him, we don't have to die spiritually. We don't have to, we don't have to, to live eternity separated from him. Okay, that's his offer to the world, eternal life. And this message is going to help people know that God is for them. People need to hear this. The power of the message of Jesus is available to everyone. In the whole world, and we have the task of sharing that power, that message with the people of Carl Junction and, and, and with the rest of the world. But it doesn't stop there. Okay, John 3.16 gets all of the publicity, uh, but the next verse is equally amazing. 
verse 17. It starts with our, our word for the series, again, for. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Wow, did you catch that? It's amazing. He, he didn't come here to punish us like we deserved. He came here to save us. God is for you and is in favor of you. You are a treasured child of the, the Most High God. And we, to, we need to know that, and it's our, our job to let others know that. And, and so if you put that all together, Jesus did not to come to condemn. He came to save. He did not come to, to withdraw. He came to help. Jesus did not come in judgment. He came offering grace. There will be a judgment day after Jesus comes back again someday, and, and we need to be ready for that day. But he came first to offer his love and salvation so that we can be ready for that day. Now, some of you might think about your role in all this, and you might start to wonder, you know, can I really make a difference to, to other people? I mean, Really? And I would say the answer is a resounding yes. You can play a role in making an eternal difference to the people that God has put in your life specifically. He has surrounded you with a unique group of people. And I think Fur Road can make a difference to the people that God has brought our way specifically. Okay, He has surrounded Fur Road with a unique group of people who need Jesus. The good news of Jesus is too big and too important to keep it to ourselves and to be satisfied with where we're at. You know, it's a, a very sad thing that, that many churches are, are closing in our country today. And, and oftentimes the community isn't even really noticing. Did you know that there have been at least four churches that have started, have opened, and closed in Carl Junction in, in our community since I've been here in the last 11 years? And that's sad. But I believe that if a church is, is fully showing the love of God to the people of our community, that will never happen. Because God's love is infectious. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay, it, it's like one should equal equal the other God is love God, God loves you so you should love others love God love people God loves us we love others it's a simple equation really but here's one of the challenges that that I think we're facing today that past generations didn't face as much as we do I think there are a lot of people that are so far removed from John three sixteen that that God even isn't even on the radar anymore Okay? He's not even on their minds. They don't even really care about spiritual things anymore. It's not that they would say they are an atheist. That they just don't care. And so how do we get people to even begin to have an interest in spiritual things again? You know, I think it's the same solution. Um, I think it's through showing them the love of Jesus. They need to know that Jesus is for them and he loves them. And it might be a slow process, but it can happen. I think people often know that something is missing in their lives, but they, they don't even know what it is. Listen to the first part of Proverbs 29, 18. It's the message version. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. 
Okay, people need to see firsthand what God is doing. People need to see that God is relevant to their lives. You see, sometimes people need to see Jesus, and we might be the only positive representatives of Jesus that they will ever see. It's a big deal. So if there's a person where God is just not on his or her radar, we have to get them thinking about God. We need to get them to consider the message of the love of Jesus. Maybe for the very first time, they need to consider the message that God loves them and that he is for them. And I guarantee that we, we aren't going to turn them on to God by railing about what God is against or ranting about what God is against. They need to know that God is for them. Now, I talked about this last week as well, but I, I am not saying that sin doesn't matter. Okay, don't hear that. Uh, I'm not saying we just turn a blind eye to sin. And like I said last week, God hates sin, and, and so should we, but that doesn't change the fact that God wants to help us overcome sin through him. Okay, we, we all have a platform to some extent. Okay, and, and so we need to ask ourselves, do I want my platform to be more about what God is for or what God is against. And I think we need to give people room to, to turn around and, and to, to be able to engage with us in good conversation and, and, and what we do reassure them that, yeah, God, God is for you. That we are for you. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a broken record for the last two weeks. I know I've said this a, a hundred times. I just really want it to sink in. But if somebody starts to believe that we are for them and they start to believe that the fur road is for them, then maybe they'll start to believe that God is for them too. And when they start to feel that, that they are accepted and, and not judged, then it can make all the difference in the world. Pastor and writer Bob Goff said that people don't grow when they are merely informed. People grow when they are fully accepted. You know, people can't grow spiritually if they think God is against them. But, but when they realize that, that they can turn toward God and be accepted, that, then it's going to make a big difference. When they believe that God is for them, the possibility of growth is possible, and I would say even inevitable. So I want to talk quickly about three things that I think will help with this. Helping people know that God is for them. First of all, we need to show them God's love. Okay, people need to, to know that we care about what's going on around us. Okay, that we care about our community. Like at our schools. Okay, that's why we adopted the 2-3 the building at the school. And, and, and recently we, we fed all the teachers and staff pizza. Uh, for lunch, just to show a little thing to say, hey, we appreciate you, we love you guys. Uh, our community needs to know that, that we care about our schools. People need to know that we're concerned about really the basic needs of our community. That's why we support and have been a part of Helping Hands for the last 10 years. We, we support them with our dollars, we support them with our volunteers. Of course, you know about our dollar club that you know, we've given away thousands of dollars over the last 10 years just to help with special needs in our community, and I want us to continue to be creative with the things that, that we do for our community. Last Sunday, we had a little mini leadership retreat, and we talked about the importance of, of refining who we are as a church and what our mission is, and one of the things that I think stands out about our church is that we have kind of an attitude of, of servanthood in our DNA, going back to uh, when it started almost 40 years ago, and, and we need to just continue to develop that, that servant DNA. And there are all kinds of th things you could do for the community. Get creative. You know, we could offer workshops on things like how to change your oil or, or maybe have a day where we change people's oil for them. 
or maybe we offer classes on cooking or uh, parenting, or we could offer sports workshops for, for kids, and uh, we could do projects for people out in the community. And who knows, maybe one day we can have a community center across the street to, to be able to do even more for our community. You know, for you personally, showing the, the love of Christ could mean a lot of things, okay? It could mean helping out your neighbor with whatever they need help out with, you know? It, it could mean uh, being kind to those around you. It could mean just asking God to give you eyes to see uh, what those around you need. What, what are their needs? And it usually means getting out of your comfort zone. So that's where it starts, showing them God's love. And then the second thing is to, to talk about God's love. Okay, sometimes we, we're really good at showing God's love. We, we never really get to the talking part. And, and this is hard for a lot of people, most of us really. But one of the things that we need to be able to do is, is to talk about spiritual things. You know, I talked last week about how it doesn't work to scream at people or tear them down. They just get defensive and angry. But as you build relationships with people that, you know, that you work with or your kids play sports with, your neighbors, whoever, uh, you pray about and look for ways to talk to them about spiritual things. Ask God to, to help you make that transition. And it usually comes you know, through relationships. You know, when you in, have invested in someone's life, it helps you earn the right to, to talk about spiritual things. And I would just say, you guys can do it. You know, really, you can do this. You know, probably the easiest thing to do is to, uh, to start with just talking about what God has done in your life. You know, you, th these are the things that I've seen God do. And, and, and be honest, admit that you don't have all the answers. But when they see that God has been there for you, that he is, is there for you, they will begin to see that God could be there for them too. So we need to talk about spiritual things. And, and I would say the next step is just invite them to be a part of our community. And invite them to, to come to church with you. If, if you're in a life group, invite them to be a part of that group. If you're watching online, invite some people to, to watch with you. Okay, we, we want people to see firsthand that they are welcome. In church, we need to look for people who, who are new to our community. If you're, if you're here in person, you know, we need to welcome them. With open arms, we need to, to talk to them. We want them to see firsthand that God is for them, that we are for them. They need to see that this is a community that models the love of Jesus. The early church came to realize just how important this is. Okay, that in the early church leaders, they came to a point of realizing that, hey, this message is way bigger than, than a message just for our own people. It's bigger than just for the Jewish people. And as they begin to understand that, they begin to, to process that, that this needs to go everywhere. You know, we see this in Acts chapter 15 where James, the brother of Jesus, kind of, he really started to grasp this. And, and those would be some big shoes to fill, to be the brother of Jesus, wouldn't they? You think about that? Hey, James, why can't you do any miracles like your brother? Why can't you be more like your brother? You know, but he handles it well. Um, but the church leaders, they're considering whether it was required to be circumcised to be a Christian. And in Acts 15, 19, James says this. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Very wise. 
Okay, so that, that's, that's anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. James understood that the whole world needs to know that Jesus is for them, and they needed to take away any barriers that would keep that from happening. Barriers that aren't that important in the big picture. You know, as I think about where we're at right now in this country, you know, I think in some ways COVID has made people think more about spiritual things. Whenever there is a tragedy or, or big things that happen, th there seems to be an open period of time, you know, that, that we can take advantage of being able to talk about spiritual things. After 9-11 happened in 2001, there was an openness for a period of time on the college campus I was at. Uh, there, there were opportunities to talk about spiritual things, but it gradually fades away. Okay, so, so we need to take advantage of opportunities that God gives us. It's like a window of opportunity. God has a way of using these negative things, these bad things, in a positive way. So could it be that the people who have had their backs turned to God could be more open to talking about God right now? I think so. And I think we need to follow the example of James when he said, you know, we should make it easy, as easy as possible uh, for them to turn to God. And it starts by letting them know that God is for them, and we are for them. James, the brother of Jesus, is saying, hey, I knew Jesus better uh, than any of you guys. I grew up with him, and I know he would want us to make it easy for people to find him. That's how he helped lead the early church. I think we should follow that same example today. So church, let's be for the same kind of things that God is for. Let's be for second chances because Jesus was all about second chances. Let's be for things like forgiveness because Jesus was all about forgiveness. Let's be for serving others because Jesus was all about serving others. But most of all, let's be for loving people because Jesus was all about love. Let's make sure that people know more about what we are for than what we are against. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, as we, we pause in our, our series of going through Mark and, and think about these things, it's so important uh, that we know that you're for us. And, and Lord, it, it, it's awesome that, that you are uh, because we don't deserve it. But your love said, hey, I'm still for you. I'm still rooting for you. And, and I pray that we can follow that example and, and show the world what we are for and not so much what we're against. Help us to show your love to the world around us. Thank you, Lord. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, thanks, guys, for staying with us to the very end. Uh, I pray that you have a blessed week. God loves you. Now go love the world.